There is a subject that is underrated and overlooked, and that is the subject of empowering others. Now, hang with me. I know the idea of empowering others might not sound as appealing as being empowered by others, but it is an important topic, and it's one each of us should be willing to search our souls, ask ourselves how we rate when it comes to our willingness to build a stage for someone else to stand on. Are you ready? Grab some coffee and a notepad because you might want to jot some notes down along the way. Let's get started. Welcome to Walking on Water, where our focus is to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. What's the storm in your life? I'll never say it's easy, but Jesus changes our perspective. He gives us courage to do life differently, to throw off the victim mentality that threatens to drown us in our pain. He gives us the tools we need to live a victorious life. I'm your host, Lynette Carpenter. Let's discover more about the power-filled, faith-filled life Jesus invites us to live. Hello, hello. Welcome to Walking on Water. I'm so glad to have you here with me. If this is your first time here listening to the podcast, I hope that you will hit the follow button and maybe even take some time to go back and listen to some of our previous episodes um, that I've had here on Walking on Water, where our goal is to learn to walk by faith and not by sight. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about a subject that I've been thinking about for some time now. My husband, Tim, and I are coming up on a pretty big transition for us in our lives. And while Tim seems to be kind of taking it in stride, um, it's had me do plenty of soul searching. So just a little bit of a backstory. Tim and I have been married now for 26 years. And in those years, we have worked together in teen ministry for 16 of those years. And that's a lot of pizza and brownies. It's a lot of tears and laughter, group games, prayers, retreats, coffee dates, youth trips, conversations, like it's a lot of relationships that we've gotten to build along the way. And so, yes, we wouldn't trade those years, and the relationships that we have built through those years are priceless to us. Um, Our first four years as youth leaders was at our previous church, and then we had a couple-year break while we, after we transitioned to FFM, where we now attend. And so the 16 years were not consecutive years. Um, but it has taken up a large portion of our adult life. So fun fact, um, the first group of kids that we would have been youth leaders to grew up, had babies of their own, and now some of those babies are actually in our current youth group. So when that realization hit me, I was like, oh my word, talk about making you feel old, right? But now here we are. We're looking at the future and considering what it looks like to transition well. And that's part of life. Life is full of transitions. We transition in our jobs, our businesses, our ministries, even within our families. So learning how to empower others is a concept we should all be willing to embrace in our lives. Look at your own life experiences. Can you think of a time when you were given a responsibility? How did that make you feel? How were you, I mean, were you given the tools that you needed to do the job that you'd been asked to do? Did you feel trusted? Did you feel capable? Did you feel supported? And then what about the calling or gifting in your life? Inside the church, too many people struggle with this tension between a calling 
and then not feeling validated in that calling or the gifting that they have, which is unfortunate since we all have something to bring to the table. You may be one who feels overlooked and frustrated because you find yourself in this place, and I get that. It is not a fun place to be. Been there. I had plenty of years as a young woman when I felt that I had something to offer but struggled with feeling disqualified for any number of reasons. Sometimes my frustrations were pointed at myself or my situation, and sometimes it was pointed at others, whether it was people within the church and sometimes even at God. However, I've also experienced the other side of this as Tim and I have both owned and managed businesses. Um, We've raised our children, and we have served alongside our leadership team at our church. And I know what it feels like to try to cast a vision and create a team and carry the weight of other people's opinions or judgment or disappointment in me and my decisions, which is also not fun. But this has all brought me to a place in the past year of becoming a student of how to empower the people in my life. Because you don't want to, um, you don't have to own a business or be a leader in order to have the ability to empower others. Let's, let's break this down. First of all, what, is, what do I mean when I say empowering others? To empower others is to give them the means they need to achieve a certain goal. So as parents, we do this for our children by providing them with an education, um, providing the tools they need to complete that education. We provide them with correction and discipline. We train them on how to do basic life skills like managing finances or changing the oil in their cars or caring for their bodies. We may also provide them with a specialty skill such as music lessons, for example. Our purpose is to bring them to a place where they can launch into the world and become independent of you as their parent. Then there are those under our leadership in the workplace or ministry, and we need to consider what it is that we want them to accomplish and then provide them with all that they need, to the best of our ability, to do the job that they have been asked to do. This seems obvious, I know, but I'm pointing out the evidence so that we can keep this as a goal in the forefront of our minds because we're going to get into some deeper issues here in a little bit. The second question I would ask myself is why should we empower others? I'm super, super guilty of being the person who will just do something myself because I want it done right. Ouch. And I hate to even admit that, but it's true. It's an area I'm working to improve, and it's actually the very mindset that got me started digging into the aspect of empowering others in the first place. Of when my kids were little, and I wanted so badly to train them to do various chores around the house, and I remember feeling frustrated when I felt like I had to explain every single step along the way. You know, the whole process of just getting rid of the trash was like, pull the trash bag out, tie it shut, take it to the garbage can, put in a clean trash bag, you know, things that just seemed common sense. But, you know, they weren't born knowing how to take care of the trash. So I had to come to this place of understanding that patience is important, but I also have to be a part of the training process. And if I could go back and do it over again, I hope that I would slow down and be more intentional with my training rather than coming to them in this place of being annoyed or distracted easily or even sarcastic. Ouch. As mothers, we need to remember that children don't come into this world knowing how to do anything, and it's our privilege and our responsibility to teach them. And we are doing them a huge disservice when we don't. 
empower your kids. They won't live with you forever. And one of the greatest gifts that you can give them is the ability to live a successful life that is independent of you. Now, let's talk a little bit about why we should empower others um, in the workplace. This is where it shifts a little and we run into a few more issues. As Tim and I have been preparing to transition our leadership role as youth leaders, I've had some feelings that I wasn't prepared for. Issues that really come back to identity and pride. Remember now, I've been a youth leader for most of my adult life and change has brought me uh, moments of questioning things like, who will I be without this role? Will I still have value? If I don't have this role, this responsibility, what will my purpose be? Is this all that God has for me? And then the devil comes along and he starts whispering these lies and the thoughts of, what if the next leaders do it better than you did? Isn't that ridiculous? Or look at them. They're young and fun. The kids actually like them better than they like you. And it makes me cringe and like not even want to share this with you, but I'm trying to be real and honest because I want you to recognize the strategy that the devil uses when he tries to bring division within the body of Christ. He will make us question the way that we um, do things or the way that people feel about us and whether or not you should change this or change that or what if, what if in the future the ministry that you hand over is going to be better? What if it's going to be worse? And why would we dislike it if it's better? But he has this way of twisting the truth and making us get into this place of confusion and doubt. And it's the ugliness of human pride. That's what it looks like. I want to clarify, I do want our team to take the ministry that we have been able to be a part of building up and make it better than it's ever been before. I would love if they took it and would blow our minds with all that they're able to accomplish. But I have to tell you all this stuff, the ugly side of it, because like I said, I want you to know how the enemy works and how he tries to mess with us um, inside of the church. And I'm glad that I have been able to recognize what he's been trying to do and how he's been trying to make me go there in my mind to tempt me with those ugly thoughts of pride that would keep me from giving everything that we can to help this next generation step onto the foundation we've built and take it beyond our wildest dreams. Trust me, too many stories can be told of failed relationships, businesses, and ministries because pride got in the way. Sitting on these thoughts on my own, I love that I've been able to have some very real conversations with our team and tell them, these are the pitfalls for you to watch for because someday you will be the one handing the baton to the next person. And I'm guessing that it's likely you will run into the same same temptations, same feelings, same struggles. Here's the thing. It's not about any one of us as an individual. In 100 years, most people won't even know my name. But my hope and prayer is that there is still a teen ministry in my community. My hope and prayer is that the work that we have done will have an effect on those generations to come, whether or not they even know who we were. If I refuse to empower others, the reach of this vision and legacy will stop with me. And to me, that is a sobering thought. God forbid that we should ever let our pride get in the way of letting people experience the power and the love of God. We need to point people to God, not to ourselves. And two, when we empower others, it frees us to be able to step into new spaces in our own lives. Never forget that God might want to release you from one area where you, so that you are available 
to broaden your horizons. Holding tight to what you've had in the past might be keeping you from having room in your life for the next gift that God wants to bring your way. As you lead and empower others in your life, I want to share some things that I have learned and continue to learn along the way. First, be humble. Humility is always the way forward. It is an underrated tool of the trade. Lay down your pride. It will eliminate and simplify. It will eliminate so many things from your life, but it will simplify your life. It is a wonderful tool to um, finding your way to a place of peace. Next, communicate. Be clear. Tim always says, "To be unclear is to be unkind." Isn't he wise? Learn to slow down and bring clarity to your team. Next, provide opportunities for trust to develop. As you are training your child or your team, um, begin to find ways to assign tasks that will become their responsibility. And as you put weight on them, it will show both of you how capable they are. This will give more clarity on how quickly you can continue to offer more levels of trust. Another point is don't micromanage. Hovering over the one that you are leading will only cause frustration, and really, to be honest, it eats away at the trust between you two. Let the outcome be what it will be. This, too, is why we should, be, um, we should show some wisdom in how much we assign the one that we're working with. You wouldn't toss your 16-year-old the keys to your car on their birthday unless you've taken time in the months or even years leading up to the big day to teach them how to properly handle a car and how traffic works, right? So too, don't hand a job, a role, or a title to someone whom you have not taken the time to train for that area. It is unkind, and it only sets them up for failure. Craig Grishel is a fantastic teacher when it comes to this subject, and he teaches on leadership and discusses how micromanaging is a trust-taking action. He explains that when we are constantly watching over someone's shoulder, we paralyze them and instill fear and keep them from being able to move forward. He goes on to say that it also affects a person's work when they know they are likely to step in, or when you are likely to step in and just do it yourself, which... When I heard that, I was like, ouch, because like I said earlier, that's definitely an area where I tend to struggle. So just taking our hands off the reins and letting um, the outcome be what it'll be, it might surprise you. It might show you some areas where there needs to be more training, but it might really impress you. We don't know unless we trust the process, right? In the end, micromanaging, it steals our joy from both the leader and the one that they are teaching, the parent and the child, the teacher and the student. I did jot down these four questions that Craig's teaching, um, that I found in Craig's teaching, and it, it, they're wonderful. So be ready. You want to write these down. Number one, are my standards too high? Question number two, do I really believe I'm the only one who can do things right? He goes on to say, if I am, if I answer yes to that, then I am a limiting factor to my organization and I am full of pride. Either surround yourself with better people or get out of leadership. Well, okay then. That's so true, right? He just puts it out there and says it the way it is. It's true though. We cannot let our pride get in the way. Number three, am I threatened, am I threatened by good leaders? Some leaders choose weaker people because they are threatened with stronger people. Um, very sobering, very um, good food for thought. And then the last question, number four, what needs to change in me to better trust my team? Isn't that great? 
I know that today's podcast is a little different from the subjects I normally discuss here, but I find this whole subject fascinating. I feel it is, as I said earlier, I feel it's underrated. I feel it's overlooked, undervalued. And I think it's something that's important for us as parents um, to look at the culture of our home. Are we empowering our children? As leaders, what is, the, what is the, um, the culture in our workplace or in our church? If you're not empowering others, make it a goal to change that today. If you're the one who doesn't feel empowered, consider having a conversation with those over you. And let me say this on behalf of churches. Many times people can feel hurt because they, felt, they feel like their church leadership doesn't recognize their talents and abilities. So then they nurse that hurt and let it fester and maybe even leave the church. Oftentimes this causes division and the hurt multiplies along the way. And this benefits no one. Honestly, it will set you back further um, from where you wanted to be in the first place. So consider this. Do you feel like you have a gift or a talent but you are overlooked? What steps have you been taking to use that talent? Are you content with something less than the spotlight? Remember, humility is the way forward. Prayer over this type of situation is more powerful than you can imagine, and asking God to give you ideas on how you can use these gifts um, is the best start to anything with um, feeling overlooked or undervalued because God sees you, God knows your value, God knows your abilities, and he knows where he wants to take you. And then find ways. When you ask God, ask him, how, to, how can I use this gift? And he'll show you. Find ways to use them, even if it's teaching children's church rather than preaching a sermon. Most churches are desperately looking for people who are willing to serve in any capacity, but many times people will refuse unless it meets a certain criteria. My own pastor, Pastor Don, tells the story of how as a young man he couldn't wait to be able to preach a sermon. He had this burning desire in his heart to be able to get up and preach the word of God, but he was first um, asked to clean the toilets. And so that's what he did for a long time. I don't even know how long it was. He had to humble himself and be willing to go and do something that was behind the scenes and definitely not something people are signing up to say, yes, this is what I want to do. Um, but because of his humility and his heart of service, he has been greatly rewarded and now leads a growing and thriving church. Maybe you don't feel empowered to do the role you long to carry, but that doesn't mean that you aren't being prepared for it. And as God prepares you for greater things, be sure to look behind you and see who you can empower along the way. Imagine with me a world, a church, a home, a kingdom where each one of us lays aside our personal rights, agendas, goals, and opinions to lift up those around us saying, I want you to be successful. I want you to succeed. What can I do to help you get there? Because after all is said and done, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about Jesus. It's all about making his name great, to glorify him, and to point people to him rather than to ourselves. Thank you so much for listening. Please take a moment to share this with a friend or on your social media accounts. In fact, tag me on Instagram and I'll be sure to reshare it in my stories. Also, don't forget to hit that follow button so you don't miss an episode. I hope that you were encouraged and inspired today. Always remember your life has purpose, you have value, you are loved, 
and with Jesus, you can rise above your storm. Get out of the boat, friend. Let's walk on water. Thank you.